0: Hello, every- and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. It's season two time. That's right. We have finally made it to Riverdale Season Two. We were originally hoping to get to this a little bit earlier in the summer, but you know what? It's summertime, it's the off-season. That's okay. We're here eventually. So we're diving in today to be talking about the first episode of Riverdale Season 2: A Kiss Before Dying. I'm Mary Kwikowski, and I am joined, as always, by the spectacular Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how are you doing this evening? Mary, I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be back with you guys talking Riverdale. It's weird because for the listeners, it won't feel like so much of a a gap in between episodes, but we have not talked in several weeks. That is true, that is true. We created a backlog and I have yet to edit them, so we're getting there, but you know what, it's fine. It, we're, we're gonna catch up eventually. It, we're very punctual during the actual airing of the seasons, but we are also joined today, as with our season one coverage, we are joined again by my wonderful college friend, Hannah Elam. Hannah, how's it going on your end?
1: I'm doing pretty well. I was actually thinking about the fact so you mentioned that it's summer right now it's currently september when we're recording this and some people may not consider that still summer but when you're in the working world it's kind of like yeah it's still summer because it's not like anything changed between you know august and september for us
0: i would like to uh protest that as it has oh. gotten significantly colder here okay well <laughs> see for me it's still like in the 80s or so I hate 80 you. degrees fahrenheit so it still definitely feels like summer I agree with you Hannah for me I mean it's this is my third year going in my third year after graduating college so it's a bit it's been a while since I've had to go back to school but definitely like my first year after college when that summer ended and then nothing happened and I didn't go back to school it felt like it was probably like November and I still felt wrong like it was still on summer vacation I mean I was working but like it's it's just different when you don't have your year broken up that way yeah
1: it felt like more of an extended co-op or something like oh yeah I'll just go back to school and eventually, but this is just, you know, a break right now.
0: <laughs> Do they have co-ops in Canada? Is that a thing?
1: Yes, they have co-ops in Canada. <laughs>
0: okay. I, look, I, didn't, I had never even heard about a co-op until like my second year of college. So, Well, we have college here too, except we call it university. So, Okay, we call it both. We've been through this. This is not new information. Anyway. All right. Well, let's jump into this episode. Pretty much follows immediately after the end of season one.
1: Well, something that was hard with this episode to watch was seeing Luke. Perry in a hospital or like being shot and all these on the verge of death like now after he has died in real life it was, I don't know if I want to say surreal, but it was it was definitely gave a different twist to the episode that made it a little bit harder to get through, I think.
0: Yeah, I think probably going back and watching all of these episodes in season two is going to be a little different. It was it was hard when watching season three, the last several episodes after Luke Perry had passed away. But it, yeah, you're right. It is sort of a different context here, especially given the content of the episode. Did either of you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No. No, because I, I boycott really Tarantino. Good. Okay. It is really good, but it's also the last thing that Luke Perry was released in, oh. I should say. Um, he has a small part in, it, more like a cameo in the movie. And so while he filmed that before some of the stuff he filmed for Riverdale season three, it is the last thing to hit the screen that he was in. So if anybody is a Luke Perry fan and would like to watch that, he, he has a really good part in that, in that movie. Anyway, but yeah, this episode, so like we saw at the end of season one, the last scene in the final episode was Archie and Fred in Pops and Fred gets shot. Now we can already notice that clearly they changed their minds a little bit about what they were going to do between the end of season one and the beginning of season two because in the end of season one, and I know we discussed this in that podcast, we overhear some things about the the guy in the in the Black Hood who comes in. He appears to be trying to rob Pops. He says, where's the money? Give me the money, old man. He's grabbing Pop and like trying to get money from the register. And then in this episode, they seem to have sort of segued into, oh, he didn't actually steal anything. And maybe it's more likely that he was there to attack Fred personally. So clearly a little bit of writing changes happened here. It could also be where they were trying to hide it a little bit where they just like sure like the Black Hood was trying to hide it is what I'm trying to say like maybe they went in and were like I'm gonna say I'm robbing the place but then I'm gonna like it doesn't necessarily mean they changed their plan they just maybe had an ill-conceived way to present it originally. Yeah it's hard to know because I'm not 100% sure at what point during the filming of season one they had been guaranteed a season two so they may have filmed the end of season one just wanting a cliffhanger hoping that they would get renewed for another season um I don't know if either of you knew at the time when you were watching it if it had already been renewed or not I don't I truly don't remember yeah I don't remember I don't remember hearing about it either but anyway at the beginning of this episode Archie is driving very very quickly to the hospital and taking Fred there and we have a little bit of a Jughead voiceover so starting season two off real hot with that Jughead says our story continues the mayor's jubilee was supposed to change everything, be a new start. But when we woke up the next morning, Riverdale was still, at its heart, a haunted town. Meanwhile, Archie Andrews, who doesn't even have a driver's license yet, is at this very moment careening down the streets of Riverdale, trying to outrace death. Now, I think the most important thing here is just really bringing us back to earth with how old Archie actually supposed to be, because I can only assume that he is 15 then if he yes. doesn't have a driver's license he's either 15 or newly 16 and hasn't taken a test yet but it also just confirms because i feel like there was a little bit of debate in season one of is archie allowed to drive because i feel like we've seen him drive before
1: well i don't know if or at least there drive- was the whole like
0: road trip that he and yes. jughead were supposed to go on
1: <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so was who the- was driving <laughs> Well, we see Jughead driving a motorcycle and to drive a motorcycle, you also have to have a driver's permit or driver's license, right? So maybe Jughead's a little bit older.
0: I, I always... Feel like Jughead's older, but that's probably just because Cole Sprouse is older.
1: The ages debacle in this show is so infuriating. With trying to figure out Polly and Jason and all this other stuff, and I'm really just I'm tired of trying to understand the logic behind Riverdale. Sometimes
0: there is no logic. You can be over it, but we're still going to talk about it at every chance. Yeah.
1: No, I totally, I totally considered the road trip.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm going to nitpick here about a couple other things. First off, look, I have never had an experience of trying to take a loved one who has been shot in the chest to the hospital, but there is literally a solid, thick, like, one foot wide path through the snow from the car up the steps of the hospital, just complete red of blood. Not like, oh, there were a couple drips or, oh, it was a little smear. Like, this guy has bled to death at this point, just on how they've mapped out how Archie is, I mean, is he literally, like, dragging his dad by the wound? Yeah, I think think that they probably uh just wanted to show how dire the situation is and didn't consider hey this is far more blood than the human body contains but I do think that like it would be more than just drops I'm assuming with like someone getting shot at close range but it would certainly not be that much I guess I'm just assuming that like Archie is trying to hold the the wound in or whatever while he's moving him I don't know Hey, look again I don't have experience with it I just think was a little bigger
1: too. Okay, then. if he doesn't have a driver's permit, do you think that we should expect <laughs> him to know what to do when someone's been shot? Tra- I don't know. They're just like again. I mean, some people some have first
0: aid and they had don't drive. Yeah. Yeah, and uh with how Archie was punching the ice last episode. <laughs> I I don't know if we can really. Maybe some of the blood is from his hands. <laughs> no, maybe. Ooh. We do notice that he has a cast on throughout this episode, so at least we're keeping that consistent. So, this is where we have the first of, a f- of I think 3 or 4 different fred andrews dreams that he has sort of i don't know dreams flash forwards hallucinations not sure exactly what you want to call him he seems to be mostly unconscious but so he's archie and the gang are getting their pictures taken in their graduation robes they're in blue robes which i guess makes sense yeah yeah, blue and and yellow yeah okay blue right because of the blue and gold right (laughs) makes sense.
1: (laughs) which is the school newspaper for anyone else who doesn't pay as much attention as mary
0: Right. Yeah. Look, if it's not directly in my notes from this episode, I don't remember. Like you also mentioned earlier, it's been several weeks since we last recorded. (laughs) So Molly is also there. I keep wanting to call her Molly Andrews. It's either Mary Andrews or Molly Ringwald, y'all. So Molly's there and and uh, they're like, oh, you know, look, you didn't even live to see this day because Fred is he's like, oh, man, I can't believe I made it. And for whatever reason, Jughead is calling him Mr. A, which is not a name that we've ever heard him called, but oh, you know, casual. It's season two. We're gonna start calling you Mr. A now. So, um, which I don't like, because it kind of sounds like mystery, but like, if you had like a really strong Ooh, accent. Mr. But a. maybe that's part of it, like, it's a mystery how he's experiencing this day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, but But he's, so he's still unconscious. All of Archie's friends are at the hospital they've all been called individually and uh and some other people who i i guess are archie's friends like kevin's there i always kind of assume kevin is just friends with betty but but it seems like betty
1: was the one making all the calls so it's very possible that she called kevin even if that wasn't something someone that archie directly wanted there
0: yeah that's true everybody's there jughead calls archie pure heart the powerful no we're not doing that no ma'am but we're, let's move past that. Sometimes people, particularly Jughead, have these lines that I'm really surprised the actors didn't just downright refuse to say. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really sure, like, how they have the ability. But, th- I mean, that was almost as bad as hop on, Spider-Monkey. Um, oh, what was ha- that from? First of all, how dare you? Hop on, <laughs> Spider-Monkey is an iconic <laughs> line in an iconic film. How look, dare you? Just And you know what? The baseball scene is also iconic. And I will have no Twilight slander today. I love Twilight. Although I did watch that movie again recently and I noticed that they literally used the same shot twice in the baseball scene by accident at one point. (laughs) It's really great. Mary, (laughs) I listened to an entire podcast about the baseball scene in Twilight earlier this year. (laughs) I don't need your hate. Again, I don't, I don't hate Twilight. I love Twilight, but. uh, She
1: does hate Hunger Games though.
0: No, I love The Hunger Games. What are you talking about? I thought you this hated the third one. Well, everybody does. I don't does. hate it. It's just not my favorite. I'm was. i I'm actually probably higher on the third Hunger Games book than most people are. Anyway, Pure Heart the Powerful. Not a thing we're actually going to do. I didn't even bother Googling it to see if it was a reference because just no. No, we're not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Alice Cooper is also there. And I think Hal and I, I don't know, Hermione shows up at some point. But Alice seems to be sort of like side-eyeing Jughead and like kind of blaming him by association. Because she thinks the South Side might have done something to hurt Fred. Not
1: only that, but she, Betty had just told Alice that she spent the night in the FB's trailer. No, we're, we're coming. No, t- we'll talk
0: about that later. I, I want to I get to that later. We'll talk about that later. Okay. <laughs>
1: I know. We'll but come it's back like to- I think part of it is <laughs> I know, residual I, from that.
0: Well, we'll get to it when we talk about that. You can bring that point up. Again. Yeah, that's oh my we are going storyline by storyline. <laughs> if you story. want to go chronologically, you're on the wrong podcast. <laughs> Oh, I'll stick that at the end. That's a good one. Um.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely stick that one in, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Archie calls Molly Ringwald because she's his favorite actress from his favorite movie Breakfast Club. Actually, no, he's more of a pretty and pink kind of guy. So, he calls she he calls his mom and tells her to come to the hospital because he doesn't think Fred's going to make it, which is also sad. I'm not really sure where he's determined that Fred's not going to make it, but but the, it seems like the, the vast the, quantity of blood, I'm assuming, he was like, not, "Man, there's no blood left in my dad's body." It seems like m- most of the hospital people are kind of like, oh, he'll be fine. No, yeah, they didn't
1: give that's... him any assurance at this point. It, they literally just said, no. nope, you can't come into this section and then push him off into the waiting room. Like, there's no, I, didn't, I don't feel like there's any indication from a doctor at this point.
0: This whole episode takes place in the hospital. It's hard to keep track. Yeah, I think it's the thing where they're like, get out of here. We have work to do. And Archie's like, oh, no, that means he is dying. But they're like, they get in there, they, they pop him up open, pop the top off. And they're like, oh. <laughs> He's gonna be fine, <laughs> sure, just pop the hood they just pull it out, oh my gosh. <laughs> So, meanwhile, (laughs) Sheriff Keller comes in and decides that this is the most appropriate time to be asking Archie to give information on the shooter, which I guess time is of the essence, so, okay. Yeah, they have to solve a violent crime. Yeah, so Archie tells him, dude's like 5'10", 160 pounds. Now, again, no expert here, but based on the heights of the people in this show, dude looked taller than 5'10", and looked heavier than 160 pounds, in my opinion. Yeah, he he certainly looked like, I would have been like, oh yeah, that person is six feet-ish. Yes, that's what I would have said.
1: Are missing the key points. It doesn't matter how much he weighed. He had a mask on, and it wasn't a ski okay, mask. It, was, it homemade. was a black hood. Homemade. And he, this guy had green eyes. Alright? That's what we're supposed to get out of this.
0: Um, Who I'm cares sorry. About the he weight? told the sheriff that he was 5'10", 160 pounds, so I can only assume that that was important. I've been playing a lot of Nancy Drew, and so I take down notes on every <laughs> little number that comes up, just in case. Hold on, hold on.
1: When she said that, Mary held up a pencil and a notepad, which I can only assume (laughs) she uses to take her notes.
0: Not just any pencil, but a lime green mechanical pencil. And not just any notepad, but the tiniest memo pad of all time that can't possibly be useful for anything. <laughs> okay, it's seriously, look, I have multiple different phone numbers from the in-game Nancy Drew game in here. I have passwords. I have random letters that I can only assume I unscrambled to something. Down in the corner, I just wrote real life is a soap opera. Now, Mary, I have sure a really important a question for you. Yes. Um, what size of pencil lead do you use? with your mechanical pencil, 0.5 or 0.7? Oh, this is a 0.7. Oh, gross. I know. I prefer 0.5, but I get these from work, so. <laughs> Wait. I don't get to pick. <laughs> Why do you have pencils where you work on software? What? I like to take notes. I have like 500 note Well, you yeah, no, everywhere well. I've ever worked, we always have like a thousand pens, but there's no pencils to be found. Well, I don't know. We also have some pencils. Huh. Yeah, I take a lot of notes. Sticky notes, pencils. It's all very important in the coding process. Hannah is staring at me like that is not something she does in her coding process.
1: No, no, not... Well, there are certain things that you have to write out in order to visualize. We t- I typically use whiteboards or... I don't have many pencils. I do use pens, which is unfortunate when you want to erase something, but... I just get over it.
0: Exactly. Pencils. Huh. I, okay, let me just tell you. Side note for anyone who cares about my life as a child. It was, it took a very long time. Like probably my junior year of high school was when I started using mechanical pencils, even though they came out when I was probably in second grade. Because I was very adamant about like, no, 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 no. It feels more comfortable and you can like write harder and be more firm when you're using an actual pencil. Like this one. So I had like a sharpener and a pencil. And we used to do this thing where we would write on a Sharpie. We would name all of our pencils up at the top, and then I have a whole bag somewhere of like a hundred pencil, like little pencil stubs that, because we would use them until they get down to a little pencil name. Now, Mary, I just took one thing from that. Mechanical pencils certainly existed before you were in the second grade. Okay, I have no, well that's like when I first noticed them. When did, okay, we're looking this up. I'm sorry, hold on. Mechanical pencils, invention Date. Maybe they became popular, popularized when you were in the second grade. Okay, why when searching this, is it like when this the old boat sank in 1791? I just Googled it and the this first patent for a refillable pencil with a lead propelling mechanism was issued in 1822 <laughs> and the first one with <laughs> right, a when I was in mechanism was developed in 1895. <laughs> okay, but like more importantly, are you also reading the same... Like when I search what date was this thing invented... I do not want to read an oral history that starts with, when HMS Pandora sank in 1791, which was founded in 19... What? So no, because I googled mechanical pencil patent, rather than a long uh, (laughs) sentence of, when was this invented? <laughs> Alright, whatever.
1: Um <coughs> You would think as uh, software engineers we'd be better at Googling.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I wrote a lot of papers, so I feel like I got good at searching for things.
1: No, I mean I use Google on a daily basis to help me with my job, but anyway, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I mean everybody yeah, does as much as I use mechanical pencils and little tiny notepads. Um <laughs> all right. So Archie insists that the dude was not wearing a serpent jacket because uh Sheriff Keller is also, uh, I guess, prejudiced against Southside Serpents. And he mentions here that the guy was probably on meth or Jingle Jangle. Sheriff Keller yes, does. Yes, I think we, yes. We have reached here the introduction to Jingle Jangle, which I thought we might have heard in the first season, but no, I looked it up. Pretty sure this is the first time we've actually yeah, heard Jingle Jangle. Because I, Jingle over I feel like I thought we had heard about it in season one and then I made a comment about it and then you guys are like, Kirsten, that's a spoiler. And then we had to edit it out. <laughs> Very likely. <laughs> So, here is here's something that I just want to stop down on real quick about the history of Jingle Jangle and Archie Comics. Because is this where I the did not song realize that there was yes mm-hmm. I did not realize that there was a relation and somehow I made it all the way through three watching three seasons of Riverdale and I just assumed that art that Riverdale made up Jingle Jangle because it was dumb and then I bought myself a record player recently in the past several weeks and I was going to a Goodwill and I'm looking through the records at the Goodwill and I pull out the album Jingle Jangle by the Archies which probably is. Like, I knew that there was a band called the Archies based off of Archie Comics and had a lot of songs like Sugar Sugar and stuff. And I'm like, I heard these and whatever. I did not realize that there was also a song called Jingle Jangle. Jingle Jangle, by the way, which was a song and album by the Archies from 1969, which peaked at number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 charts, by the way. Wow. Now, I don't think that I could play Jingle Jangle. I might be able to play a couple seconds of it. It's a pretty catchy song. So I implore everyone who has not heard this song to, to look up the Archie's Jingle Jangle, the song, and and we can all sing it together in our minds.
1: Singing like-
0: Is that what happens when you listen? Like, is everyone else singing Motivation by Normani in their minds with me when I listen to it? No, but I was singing Rock Lobster earlier. Good song. What planet are you from? (laughs) I I was watching Glee and they were performing Rock Lobster. And then, you know, whatever song you hear on Glee last is just stuck in your head until you hear the next song. Which for me was Jingle Jangle by the Archies. So, anyway. Anyways awesome.
1: It's like being at our own silent disco. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. Oh, yeah. no. Right. But but more importantly, so we can only assume this is some type of drug because this is the first time we're hearing it by Sheriff Keller. And he lumps it in a sentence with meth. He he says that, you know, the guy was probably just a south side low life. Now, we didn't really get a whole lot about the Southside Serpents in the first season, except for the whole deal with Jason Blossom. But as far as I can tell, they were just a biker gang who, you know, on the orders of Clifford Blossom had, you know, had to murder Jason. Well, or like hide the body. They do like drug trafficking. But it's only weed. <laughs> right. It's only weed. Um, <laughs> But I, but I just, I'm not sure where we have like seen the evidence that all low lives in the area must have come from the Southside. And like, and that therefore also the Southside Serpents. Like the Southside Serpents are just a—they're a biker gang. They're not like all of the people. It seems like it would be less likely that they would do it. I mean, if you're in a biker gang with such a noticeable symbol on your jacket, you're probably not going to wear that jacket while you go commit a crime. No, I feel like it's yeah, one of those well, things where it's like you got the intimidation factor. Normally, a gang that's like really established probably has some connections to law enforcement You can help them out. Clearly, not this law enforcement. Uh, well, obviously not because the people of Riverdale are prejudiced against Southsiders because it's like it's it almost makes me think that they like always looked down on the people who lived on the South Side and then that kind of created the conditions where the gang could kind of thrive and really grow versus there was a gang there so they looked down on them you know what I mean like I feel like there's some uh some social factors here that should be discussed. <laughs> yeah no that's probably true um i mean it's hard because we do we know that both fp is more or less innocent for well i don't know innocence really the right word he didn't really commit any like he didn't commit the murder crimes right yeah i mean yeah we know that he is the leader of a gang that sells pot and dumps bodies yeah, they into the river just but... do pot and disposing dead bodies Well, we don't even know if they do pot. They just sell it. Whatever. (laughs) Anyway, never get high off your own supply. Um, That's good advice. (laughs) We do not condone drug usage on this podcast unless it's Jingle Jangle. (laughs) No, I think No, Jingle Jangle gets lumped in with meth. Weed is just weed. I feel like we could endorse weed. Okay. It's legal in Canada anyways. (laughs) Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, that's right. See, look, I don't live in Canada, so I don't follow their rulings on these type of issues. In Canada, we endorse it or if it is legal in your state. All right. Anyway, Sheriff Keller thinks that it was probably just a robbery, but it's possible that it could be a grudge against. Fred which is more something that Jughead seems to be thinking because Jughead's on this as we've seen from his voiceovers on this whole kick of like Riverdale is an evil haunted town and it's going to the you know bad side and you never know what's gonna happen when fathers murder their sons was that our our first
1: Jughead impression from Mary
0: that's just how Jake I thought Ed it was a Jackson mind. from big brother uh 21 impression <laughs> all right let's not because I had there was a scene in this episode that really made me think about Jackson so Ew. I don't know I prefer not to think about Jackson at all times Gross. so Fred has his second dream sequence here where Andrew's construction is now called Andrew's and sons which Ooh. somehow I've watched this episode many times and never picked up on that but when I was noticing it this time it was like really really apparent they make Fred like look at it for a long time and Fred's packing a suitcase and Archie's like come on dad like you gotta go and he's like yeah I just don't I don't feel like it's time to go yet it just doesn't feel right it's too soon and Archie's like yeah but Uncle Oscar and Grandpa Artie are waiting and Fred's like what but they're dead and then there's some really creepy knocking on the door yeah dad, I didn't, that's death. I didn't care for this oh no thanks, Hannah. One better. <laughs> okay yeah clearly a metaphor for death that's death death is knocking <laughs> uh-huh. yep I'm yeah. scared <laughs> right and now for the most awkward sequence of events on the whole entire episode, Archie and Veronica go back to his house. Not exactly sure why. I think it's on the pretense of like, you should change your clothes because they're dripping in blood. Yeah. They're like, you should change your clothes. And he's like, I don't want to. And they're like, well, but what about get bringing your dad some clean clothes? And then they go. I feel like this is a thing that they could have sent someone else. Like Betty could have gone to his house and brought him some clothes back. Like your dad just got to the hospital. I know that he's not responsive and you want to hear back, but like, I feel like Archie should have been allowed to stay there without people p- pushing him away. Like, this is the kind of thing I feel like you do after like two solid days of the person sitting in the hospital who like still hasn't gotten a chance to sleep
1: or shower. Then you like, hey, it's okay. You can go home. We'll keep up the work here. I
0: just felt like it was really soon for them to be kicking him out.
1: If Fred has a room there, then he should be able to have a shower at the hospital if he really needed to or wanted to.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I was not on the side of the story here because as far as I can tell, it's been like an hour or so still. And and they met super early in the morning. So it's probably like eight o'clock. I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I get being like hey Archie maybe i'll uh, wash this blood off of you but i don't get being like no you have to leave and get things done like unless it's maybe one of those things where he's been there longer than it seems from the yeah. the show like sometimes the timelines do get a little bit messed up and so it could be one of those things but in general like someone else could have gone and and gotten the clothes as you said and again he could definitely have showered at the hospital somewhere right but we have to send him home first so that he can walk his dog Vegas who i don't know Is this the first time we're seeing Vegas? No, we saw Vegas Vegas. in, like, the series premiere. Um, Okay. I also forgot to mention earlier, why does the Riverdale Hospital look like a creepy motel? Does it? (laughs) It does. Like, from the outside, it literally looks like one of those, like, super spooky motels where, where, like, uh, you go to each room from, like, the outside patio area type deal. Oh, yeah. From the outside, it does kind of look like that. Yeah, from the outside, not from the inside.
1: This is either just a portion of the Thorn House or whatever the... the Cheryl's family's Thornhill. places, Thornhill. or the uh, Sisters of Quiet Mercy. This is just a portion of that set that's <laughs> just conveniently has the word hospital on it. So it just looks creepy.
0: When they were dragging Fred by the wound up the front <laughs> steps to get him inside, it looked also kind of like the outside of the school. Not not like not like the area of the school we ever see, but just the, the sort of establishing shots of the school we get. So anyway, I don't know. It's just somewhere in Riverdale. But so Archie goes home to walk Vegas, the dog. Veronica offers to walk Vegas. And Archie's like, oh, have you ever walked in dogs? She's like, um, I've had dogs walked for me. Does that count? Which, okay, did she have dogs? dogs like what kind of like who has dogs walk for them this sounds like she had volunteered to walk someone's dog but then just like got someone to do it for her it doesn't sound like she had a dog because we've never heard about her having a dog before maybe she did have a dog but i feel like if veronica had a dog it would probably been like one of those little cute dogs and then you just like like i can't imagine her having some kind of dog that needs to be walked that she wouldn't have wanted to walk but then again she was a different person i mean she probably never wanted to walk she wanted to get into a limo go where she's going and then head home after i guess although i assume that. her apartment would be big enough for that dog to just run around because again it would probably be like a chihuahua or like yeah half shih tzu half poodle situation it was a little bit weird and then we hear the return of uh little archie no 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 yeah which archie this is the second time we've heard him refer to himself as little archie and this time he's quoting his dad saying you know he's gonna be your dog little archie so was this just like what his parents called him because that's really weird i guess since you know we're led to to believe that he was very small until the start of season one when he hit <laughs> puberty over the summer like maybe they called him little Archie for a long time and then all of a sudden it's like huh this doesn't fit anymore he's big now. Also since we found out last time that the last time he referred to himself as little Archie was when his mom and dad split up uh, what was it like two to four years ago. When so- he was tiny because he hit puberty really late <laughs> Oh little Archie
1: An alternative theory is that the Grandpa Artie, it can get confusing. So if you say Grandpa Artie and Little Archie, it's a little bit easier to separate the two.
0: Yeah. Well, Veronica gets a nice look at little Archie because they decide now that it's appropriate to take a shower together. <laughs> this just gets way too fanfic Yeah, because Archie's just showering and then Veronica pops up wearing just her, her pearl necklace and not in a dirty way, everyone. Uh, <laughs> and she like just climbs into the shower and she's like thought you might like some company no what he wants is to get clean and go back to the hospital to find out if his dad's okay because his dad got shot Veronica
1: well she also admitted she doesn't know how to take care of people
0: yeah Veronica. So this is her the, way like, of subplot, trying right the subplot of this whole episode is Veronica's like oh shoot me and Archie banged at the end of last night and so like I guess we're dating now and I need to be a good girlfriend I, but it's, it's just classic like using physical comfort instead of emotional comfort because you don't know what you're doing it's fine whatever still think it's weird that she's yeah wearing the pearl necklace and bracelet in the shower but you know season two started off with a bang anyways I've gotta go so Have fun doing this alone So Veronica goes downstairs Somehow she gets dressed faster Than Archie which I just think is impossible Given the number of articles of clothing She was wearing. She goes downstairs And is taking all of Fred's stuff Out of the bag that the hospital gave them And then Archie comes in and freaks out because He can't find the wallet and he like blames Veronica and this is when I was getting Jackson Flashbacks. He's like you should just go You should just leave. But then Veronica's all like hey now don't push me away I'm in it for the long haul. I think unique company. You shouldn't be alone right now. And then he's crying <laughs> and I guess that's fine. Great impression. Is that what Veronica sounds like to you? That impression. It's just my interpretation
1: of the Right. Oh okay. <clears throat> Back to a logical question. Why would she have wanted to touch all of Fred items that also have blood on them? Like it just doesn't make sense.
0: Uh, yeah it doesn't (laughs) remember what we said earlier about like things not making sense in Riverdale (laughs) and you said we're still gonna talk about them well what what also doesn't make sense is that there's literally an exchange where Veronica says maybe the wallet is in the truck or back at the hospital and Archie is like no the doctor said that all his stuff is in this bag I'm like well yeah they probably all the stuff that they found is in the bag that doesn't mean that it couldn't have fallen out in the truck or when you were dragging him by his wound up the steps into To the hospital i or maybe sh- back at Pops. I'm pretty sure that that actually means all of Fred's worldly belongings were in that bag, so if it's not in the bag, he doesn't own it anymore. Yeah, and I, I mean, I kind of get it. Like, I get why he's upset because, like, the dude has his wallet, which means he probably has his address, and, you know, there's a killer on the loose who has, or, well, not a killer, but, you know, An a shooter on the loose who's, right, who's hurt Fred, and so I, I get it, but yeah, he's being a big jerk. Well, I jerk just, head. I feel like uh, all of Archie's behavior in general, I don't like to excuse bad behavior but i think when your parent gets shot in front of you you get probably like a good week of being kind of crazy and people just oh, need to be yeah. like oh uh okay this is this is what we're doing then No, i don't blame him for being crazy and this is all with the complete context of we know that fred ends up being okay and etc by the end of the episode but so sheriff keller then calls archie again and has him come and look at a lineup of potential suspects all of these dudes for whatever reason have homemade hoods on that also have mouth holes in them which is not something that the original guy had but i guess archie was not descriptive enough with his no it's a homemade hood yeah he said it's it's not a ski mask it's a homemade hood he doesn't specify the mouth situation. Well, do ski masks usually have mouths? Yes. I mean, uh, yeah, a balaclava, be- 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 yeah. I think some do and some don't, actually. Yeah, I'm not sure. So I feel like not there's sure some that. that have, like, the full-on, like, two eyes and a mouth. Every and time some someone are, like... says the word balaclava, I just think baklava. Yeah. Baklava's way better than a balaclava. Be- baklava is so good. Anyway. Also, I feel like these guys should probably have already had masks on before Archie looked at them, because that kind of, like, ruins the whole point of, like, picking someone out from a lineup, but also lineups are
1: terrible and are not very accurate because people, their memories can get really jaded. But anyways.
0: Yeah, anyway. uh, So Archie looks at all the guys, doesn't think any of the guys are right, has a bunch of flashbacks to the moment of the shooting.
1: Crazy. A person whose experience is shooting in front of them is traumatized. What?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, pretty much to be expected. Right. I I do question some of the speed of which this is happening. But again, I I do think that their motivation here just to catch the guy as fast as possible. It's a small town. They don't want to have, they just had the whole Jason Blossom situation. They probably want to just solve this really fast and law enforcement's like, you know what? We're going to do whatever it takes to catch the guy. Even if it's like questionable detective work, such as this weird lineup situation because they just want to, you know, catch someone. Yeah, but Archie doesn't think it's any of the guys. Uh, So he goes back to the hospital and look, it's new Reggie. Hi everyone. My boyfriend, new Reggie is here. (laughs) What's his name? Charles Melton, I think. Charles yeah. Melton, because old Reggie was on the first season of Thirteen Reasons Why at the same time as Riverdale season one, and uh, Thirteen Reasons Why got picked up, and he stayed there. And now we get new Reggie, and new Reggie's great. New Reggie is a little more broy, I think, than old Reggie, just sort of in in the way he's talking a little bit. Well, hard to tell from this episode. Maybe new I'll Reggie cut that part is out. hot, <laughs> and he is my Riverdale boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. I also speaking of which, earlier since I mentioned already that I was watching Glee the other day because I'm trying to finish the show. While once and for all and it's taken me I don't know however long since Glee's been on air to finish this. What so season are you on? I'm on the final season. I think I have like seven episodes left so we're getting there. Let me tell you really drops off after season four. Liked season four, five and six get depressing. Is season four I stopped watching after Finn kissed the guidance counselor and never went back. That's in season four. Yeah that's I never watched it. Well, never. But that seems like a weird pivotal moment. For I was like, like no I was like this on. is too far. This show is Jump the Shark. I can't oh. watch it anymore. <laughs> okay. okay that definitely was not my Jump the shark moment. I will tell you, there are plenty of other ones. Yeah, I've heard it get. It's one. way worse. So uh, Yeah, yeah I, I would say season four is is pretty good, all things considered, compared to season five and six. Oh, no. Anyway, so, I mean, season six is only 13 episodes long, even they don't even finish out a full season. Or the length of season one of Riverdale. But partway through season five, Charles Melton makes a real quick appearance. He has, ooh, he's ooh. in, like, one scene. But I was like, oh, hey, look, it's new Reggie. I love new Reggie. Yeah, so Fred's still asleep. Archie goes to talk to him because he can now go in and see him and there has another dream which is Archie showing Fred a ring and talking about proposing to Veronica and then Pop comes in and says time dies instead of time flies and it's ominous and I think then we segue to a different scene so interesting yeah I I really feel like with all these like scenes they're trying to make it seem like very thoughtful and philosophical and interesting but really like in general episodes like this of any show I really don't like but I did find this viewing experience was much more depressy than it would normally be again because of Luke Perry yeah I would say the two ways to have a near-death experience on a show really work are number one it's not a near-death experience someone just dies and that's it and and there's no when you have this back and forth of will they won't they live either they need to be honestly like unconscious for a bit longer like multiple episodes where there's a little bit more concern of what's going to happen and then after a couple episodes they wake up I mean you know what's gonna happen anyway but this whole thing takes place over one episode so it's really not as suspenseful I feel like the first time I saw it I really didn't think that there was any chance he wasn't gonna wake up
1: well and I think too the flash forward scenes were really interesting because to me every time that I was seeing them I just kept envisioning a tv show moment where they're just gonna break out into a musical for some reason <laughs> you know it's like the dream i see times. you've been watching glee too no i i was actually envisioning the even stevens episode where like ren's really sick and then they just go burst out into musicals i don't know that's just exact. Like, is that different
0: from the one where she sings we
1: went to no the that's the that's the one I- <laughs> yeah, but it's just really mm. weird because you can tell that it's the dream, and you're you're in a different place, and I don't know. I, I didn't. Sex I don't period. know why exactly we Sex had those period. separate suit so- scenes in- <laughs> included. Yeah.
0: And yeah, the thing is, is like if any show has ever done like a near-death experience, well, I think it's one day at a time on Netflix, which everyone should check that out, because it's really, really good. This it's not it's not doing it for me. Like when he's like, Oh, I hope Veronica likes the ring, and Archie's like, Well, she should, she picked it out. I'm like, enough. I've had enough. Okay, now Mary is lip syncing and dancing. She's on her sixth hairstyle of the podcast. Six period. Sorry, it's a good. Anyway, so back. Back to this episode of Riverdale. Um, so Archie is upset also because he's been having these flashbacks and, you know, uh, kind of PTSD from obviously what happened with the shooting. And it, everyone can kind of tell throughout the episode that he's hiding something, like not giving Sheriff Keller quite enough information about what happened. And he keeps like almost telling Jughead, almost telling Veronica what the, what's on his mind. But he finally sits down with Betty, Veronica, and Jughead and tells them that he feels like he could have done more because at the moment when the Black Hood came in with a gun and after he shot Fred, he held a gun against Archie's head and Archie just kneeled down on the ground and closed his eyes and didn't do anything to help and didn't tackle the guy and waited to open his eyes and stand up until he heard the bell on Pop's ring and knew that the guy was gone. And so he feels like a coward. He feels like he could have gotten his father more help quicker. He felt like he could have, you know, like he said, tackled the guy or wrestled the gun away from him, anything, tried to reveal who he was was and instead the guy had enough time to probably take his dad's wallet and escape. I just like, it, he's just, he's been through a trauma and it's just very upsetting to like think about the things that are going through his head because I feel like those are things that would go through your head after a traumatic incident like that. Like I've never experienced obviously a shooting in my life, but there's definitely been other things that I've experienced where you do think back like, oh, but what could I have done and oh, is this all my fault and that kind of thing. But that's just a result of being through a trauma and it's not accurate, right? Like it's just like evidence that Archie has been through something horrible.
1: Yeah, I think it also was is interesting because a lot of times you hear like fight or flight responses, but it's really truly fight or flight or freeze. And so in this instance, we see that Archie is a freezer. And so it just makes sense that he feels like he could have done more. But also I feel some remorse because it's like that's just what his response was. And you don't know exactly how you're going to respond to a situation until you're faced with it. I mean, there's so much that's going on in your mind. But at that moment, you're just worried about your own safety. And that's what he thought was the best. And
0: he is a 15-year-old child. Yeah. I kind of wish that Pop could have done more just because, I mean, I know that he was hiding at the same time as well and, you know, trying to save his own life, but felt like there was probably a good opportunity there where he could have, I don't know, tried to attack the guy, but it's kind of unclear how old Pop is as well. Again, it's a scenario where like, yes, you can look back and think like, oh, there's all these different things that could have happened and could have possibly changed the outcome, but you don't really know and it's completely That everyone was looking out for their own lives In that moment as well Yeah, so the the gang comforts him And tells him that there's probably nothing He really could have done And that he did his best to get his dad To the hospital anyway And then Archie goes back to the room Where his dad's asleep And he sees Cheryl, who is also in the hospital Kiss Fred on the forehead And leave just like a really big lipstick mark there Let me just say um, Which is a little bit weird and uncomfortable But she has, you know, a nice thought here And she says that Archie gave her the kiss of life When he gave her Mouth to mouth After pulling her Out of the water And so she is trying To return the favor For Fred Very shortly after that Archie is talking With Fred To an unconscious Fred About how he likes Veronica Because the doctor Told him to Mention happy things And that could Potentially bring Fred you know To wake up Which I, I did a little Bit of research on Of whether or not Like family members Talking to people Who are in a coma Or who are unconscious If that really does help And um Seems to be that Like most studies show that it, it actually does help. And, and I don't know if it's really necessarily the saying positive things, but definitely the voices of fam- of loved ones seems to seems to help. And this is where we get our last Fred dream where he's seeing a wedding, which is in the woods by the river. It's a beautiful outdoor wedding, actually. It felt like it was a little bit weird that the colors and the wedding seemed to also be their Riverdale school blue. Maybe that was coincidence. You know what, some people just look good in blue. Yeah, no, I mean, look, Betty looked great in blue. That's fine. I just It was a little bit, a little bit
1: much. So are kilts Scottish?
0: Yes. (sighs) I guess, yeah, I guess the Andrews family is Scottish. Yeah, Andrews sounds like a Scottish last name to me. I feel like we haven't gotten this at all, but there are wearing kilts, there's bagpipes playing, so assume that's happening. Which, also note, note here, there's no Hiram Lodge yet, so Veronica is just walking down the aisle by herself. She looks beautiful, beautiful lacy back dress.
1: I remember when this was coming out that there were shots, you, know, you get a glimpse of Veronica in a wedding dress, and you're like, oh, is there going to be a wedding? But of course it's like, oh, no, it's just in the first episode and it's a flash forward scene, so there's no wedding.
0: Yeah, no, definitely a teaser moment. Fred sees a dead Clifford Blossom and Jason Blossom in the seats in front of him. Kind of confused why they're sitting next to Mary Andrews. It's a little bit of a weird shot because it's like three people in a row with red hair and you think there's some kind of connection. Yeah, it's like, no, just a dead guy and some dead guys and then a a live woman. It's very weird. I just googled Andrews Scottish surname and (laughs) apparently the tribe of ancestors of the Andrews family is like a big deal in Scotland and Andrew in Greek means manly and it was popular is a personal name and a surname because it's the name of Scotland's patron saint. So kind of surprised nice. that Andrews in Greek didn't mean like they try or something. I think that's what it means in Scottish. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's just <laughs> go with that. <laughs> Black Hood is also at this wedding and he shows up with a gun and Fred jumps in front to save Archie and that is yeah, up. Yeah, because
1: Archie's completely oblivious. Ugh.
0: Yeah, everyone at this wedding is completely oblivious. Fred says that, you know, that's why he came back. He needs to come back in order to protect Archie, which is very sweet. Really cute. Very cute. And then Molly Ringwald comes home. Home, and Archie sits in his hall waiting with a baseball bat to keep watch. Really inconvenient time to have a house that has a front door and a back door. Like, well, okay. And here's the thing. Like, I understand the motivation here is that Archie wants to protect his dad and his family and all of that. But I think that there is a more effective way to do this than waiting in the front entryway with a baseball bat. Why couldn't he set up like some Home Alone style booby traps to alert him if the person comes to try and break in so that he could then be, you know, fresh, have some rest. Come down with the baseball bat and show him what's what's going on. Like he's not going to be effective when he's this tired.
1: An effective home security system, which you know, maybe Shardy have.
0: Honestly, you don't even need the alarm system. Just get the box and put it in your front window, and people will be deterred. <laughs> what is that movie with James Mars Straw? Oh, or go straw dog style and just put a bear trap right by your door. I that think seems that that's a bit excessive. A little risky. Um, like what if I don't know. Molly tries to leave for an early morning walk and hits the bear trap or something.
1: Or what if there's an emergency in your house and first responders come in and then they get stuck in the bear trap?
0: Oh, that sounds like a really interesting movie. Can somebody write that? (laughs) Why don't you? You're the famous writer, remember? All that we know is that I am not a famous writer. If only I were, I could stop working until 6 p.m. Yeah, which is really inconvenient for us over here on the East Coast. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the Betty and Jughead stuff from this episode because there's a tiny bit of it sprinkled in.
1: As we like to note them, Bughead.
0: Yeah, let's talk about the Bughead stuff. No, no, no. Wait, sorry, what's the nickname that Jughead gets in this episode for a second? It's like Serpent Stiltskin or something. Oh, I got it. I it's coming okay. up. It's in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Serpent <Stillskin. laughs> um, Okay. You we'll know what? That. Serpent Stiltskin is <laughs> equally as stupid to what Alice says. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this episode starts off with just the most awkward conversation ever. And I hate this whole conversation because clearly Betty is just trying to play games with Alice and it's annoying. So Alice questions Betty on what she did after the Jubilee the night before. And Betty super awkwardly is like basically saying, that she almost had sex with Jughead. She's like, uh, and then Jughead and I went back to FP's trailer. Why tell your mom? Clearly she didn't know. You could have just said you were anything. It, it seems like her mom didn't know what was going on. And so then her mom is like, oh, if that beanie wearing cad defiled you, at least tell me you were safe. So that d- doesn't seem to really mind. And then Betty is like, what no of course we didn't do that even though she pretty much just hinted that they almost did and then she's like well never mind actually i mean we almost did but then we were interrupted like this is way too much information she does not need to be telling her mom all this or like if you want to have an open communication with your mom that's fine but why are you hinting at it but then acting all offended when her mom guests and then her mom calls him snake plissken i what the what does that even mean <laughs> right so it's, uh s d bob snake plissken is the protagonist of the film the film Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. He's portrayed by Kurt Russell and created by director John Carpenter and screenwriter Nick Castle. Oh, okay. very important well,
1: information, to know.
0: Anyways, I like. Why would we know that better? Cats, though serpent stilt skin is what we can also call them though there is a really great moment when betty gets a phone call which is from archie you know talking telling her to come to the hospital but her mom was like if that snake plisskin i want him blocked she's like mom it's archie and she's like block him too <laughs> Like, why why are we mad at archie again well because obviously archie didn't do anything to help protect betty from being defiled <sighs> oh my which, gosh like, don't
1: talk about sex like that
0: beanie wearing cad oh
1: alice also had issues with archie last season too where she didn't want him hanging out with Archie and then Betty did the exact opposite.
0: Yeah, she didn't want Betty to hang out with Archie because Archie said she didn't didn't love her or something. I look, I don't it know. All rough. I know is this is my favorite Alice Cooper. She's great times. Also, by the way, I have almost purchased multiple times, not because I actually want them, but uh, albums, vinyl records by Alice Cooper, <laughs> the band, even though I have no interest in that, it's, it still cracks me up every time I see that. What is that, punk rock, metal, mm-hmm. something? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> Screamo? I have no idea. Oh my anyway. God. Remember when Screamo was a thing? I do. Still
1: is to some people, I think.
0: Eh. Yeah. I feel like it had its peak already. Remember when Skrillex was in like a punk band? No. I don't. Oh my god, you guys are so young! I just didn't <laughs> We're not even Skrillex. that much
1: younger than you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So, Jughead drives a motorcycle now, which is something that we already mentioned. Okay. Like, apparently no training necessary. That's fine.
1: Hopefully he has the proper licenses.
0: Yeah, hopefully. Kevin weirdly asks Betty if her and Jughead banged, also. I don't know when like, when was it just assumed that this happened. Well, when they left together after the event but they've been whatever. dating. I, they've been dating. It was like, oh, just because you guys left together? I don't
1: know. Well, I mean, look at Veronica and Archie. Whoa.
0: Um, I think it's a thing where when you leave an event with someone uh, of the, the gender that you're sexually attracted to, people see and they're like, hey, did they hook up?
1: Also, Kevin is Betty's best friend, so you would think that he would have some knowledge of their relationship beforehand. Yeah, I, I feel
0: like Kevin probably like bought condoms for her so that she could be prepared well that's very nice of him but no she says they did not bang but she says that Jughead told her that he loved her and I love Kevin's callback to the what Mr. Weird I'm a weirdo said I loved you which I thought was great which is you know what he is weird but he is a weirdo he's a Weirdo in love yeah yeah he is uh, Jughead this season I feel like we're already starting off with like the two sides of Jughead are detective man Jughead and like I'm trying to be all cute and Innocent with Betty Jughead. Detective man. Yeah. Yeah. Detective Snape Skilt Stiltskin or whatever. <laughs> Serpent still
1: skin. You
0: know what? Serpent I don't need <laughs> this negative energy in my life.
1: No, that wasn't negative I don't that think. Was
0: negative? I don't think so. I was just, just trying to remember that. It's good times. <laughs> so Jughead asks the serpents if they know anyone who may have shot Fred Andrews or if they could look into it. Uh, he mentions that Fred let all the serpents go last season, which is like a thing that I've completely forgotten. I assume this was something Hermione did because I don't feel like Fred would have just done this.
1: Yeah, I think that sounds right.
0: This must have been in the last episode after fp was locked up
1: yeah because i think fred walks in it's like hey who are all these guys out here and, sh- and hermione goes i had to let them go yeah 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 sounds about right something like
0: that <laughs> happened season one was a long time ago. It was so long ago. Betty and Jughead go to Pops to look for the wallet and they ride on his motorcycle. Jughead's helmet has a crown drawn on it, which is cute, but they should probably get two helmets. That would probably be more safe. You feel like the beanie not cutting it. I mean, a beanie certainly will not cut it for head protection when you are on a motorcycle, so I endorse that they got him a helmet. Yes, and I'm noticing even more connections between Riverdale season two so far and Twilight series. (laughs)
1: So when they're at Pops, they walk in and the blood puddle is still there. But surprisingly, no blood being drug out the of Pops, though.
0: No, but also <laughs> the pile of blood that is there. Pile? Pu- pool? P- puddle, puddle? Puddle of blood. The puddle of blood there is like also way more blood than Fred Andrews should have lost from being shot and then being on the ground for like 10 seconds. I mean, it was close range. so I feel like that does do quite a lot of damage. But like, there's only so much blood in the human body. Like, did he have any yeah. left? This is like, take a bucket and fill it up with blood and then dump it on the ground and then take another bucket and then like really gingerly paint it along the sidewalk up <laughs> into the hospital. Like that is way too much blood. They took like 17 buckets and they were just like splashing it around. I'm surprised they didn't have it up on the walls and and stuff in Pops as well. It was like The Shining. Or uh, Carrie. Or Carrie. Topical. So Pop <laughs> says that the guy didn't take any money, which is just continuing Jughead's theory that this was a hit on Fred and not not normal robbery. Pop also kind of zones out and says that like, this was no thief. He was darker. He was the angel of death. And Jughead's like, yo, dude, chill. There was something in his eyes. Yeah, that was a little creepy. And then Pop offers to make them food and Jughead's like, hells yeah. And Betty says no, but she still gets a burger, fries, and milkshake. I feel like that was excessive. Or maybe Pop is just like, nervous energy needs to do something and makes her some food. Jughead's like, oh, I haven't eaten since last night. Yeah, most people don't eat between dinner and like breakfast. It's like maybe 11am on a weekend day and he's like, oh, I haven't eaten all night. Also, that's a straight up lie because earlier when he was at the hospital and Sheriff Keller was questioning Archie and, you know, back when the 5'10", 160 pounds was brought up, Jughead is getting food out of the vending machine and eating it. So, <laughs> he's lying. it's <This> like, <laughs> let's not start off this relationship on such a negative foot. He's like, I haven't eaten because I haven't eaten a full meal. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, and then Jughead also does some dumb quotes about how his stomach is 10 times bigger. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. It's weird. And Betty has some really great reaction shots to it. So worth it to go back and just watch that scene for that one moment. If you've decided to listen to this podcast without rewatching the episode, can't blame you because it was rough. I mean, uh, I feel like we've seen worse. Yeah. So the other subplot in this episode is like Betty being a little bit worried that Jughead's going to join the serpents because they were interrupted from banging with the serpents giving him this serpent jacket. It fit him like a second skin yeah oh it fit you like a glove that's probably because it was his size <laughs> yeah he's like i'm probably not gonna join the serpents it was just you know it was my dad's life and wearing the jacket riding the motorcycle it makes me feel close to my dad wait i'm sorry that's what jughead sounds like to you <laughs> oh you know <clears throat> riding the bike and wearing the jacket. that sounds like um Haley strong's clay impression <laughs> look i don't have a jughead impression that sounded cool like an impression
1: of you doing a voice that laura was doing <laughs>
0: probably anyway jughead also says that his foster family is going to cover for him so that he can live in his dad's trailer so you know what that means underage sex a bang probably in the future bangler yeah bang like,
1: trailer like the bang <gasps> bung- yeah bang, bang- don't do it.
0: you gotta stop spoilers <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but i was just trying to like bring it in without saying it but then you guys weren't catching on yeah. to what i was saying oh i
0: was catching on but i really wanted to see where you would take it <laughs> <laughs> it's a trail banger. So... <laughs> And then later on in the episode, Betty and Jughead talk some more. And then she has somehow over the course of the next couple hours decided to change her mind about the serpents. And she's like, look, it's fine. You can explore whatever you need to. You can, you know, experiment with whatever you need to. Growing boy and whatnot.
1: The reason he gave for wanting to stay at the trailer and riding the, bu- the motorcycle and wearing the jacket is so that he wants to remain close to his dad. So I think that she's coming open to the idea of like under understanding that this is something that he needs to do in order to, to feel some connection to his dad who is in jail and presumably not going to be around Jughead for a very long time.
0: I feel like Hannah's a lot more emotionally mature than both of us and all of the cast and characters on Riverdale. (laughs) Well, I get that, but it's just like, it's the telling us, not the showing us, because that is being told to us at the same time the Jughead has like a mouthful of cheeseburger and being like, other people lose their appetite in times of trouble, but mine increases tenfold. (laughs) Kind of hard to get emotions. (laughs) Mine increases tenfold. (laughs) Who's that an an impression of (laughs) It's just a line from the episode. But why did you say <laughs> <laughs> it? That's okay. That one is close. Go Modern back and watch. Bruce that's about tenfold. how that's about how Jughead says it in the episode. <laughs> Don't even with me. All right. And then Jughead goes home back to the Bang trailer and he sees the serpents. There's like two serpents in his house with a dude who's like super beat up. And I'd be like, dude, you're dripping blood all over my trailer. You clearly dragged him by his wounds in here. And he is like, He's, like, got a really, like, puffy eye. It's disgusting. Anyway, the serpents are, like, oh, yeah, we were checking to make sure this guy, that none of the, no one we know is the people who shot Fred, but this guy was talking about how happy he was that Fred was beat up or something, and it turns out the guy was just talking smack. Yeah, and so Jughead's gets, like, horrified. He's, like, well, why, why'd why you bring him here if he didn't even do anything? And they're, like, we needed to show you that we're doing what you asked so you can tell your dad we're doing what you asked we're looking out for you. You're always gonna be a serpent. It, it also seems... Seemed a little bit more like please tell your dad because we don't want your dad thinking that we're not helping yeah like answering to the higher power kind do
1: we of. know who this guy is because i was just thinking that this was mad dog but i'm pretty sure mad dog's the one who died Right?
0: What the hell is Mad Dog? Mad Dog is not until season three. Oh
1: crap! Who's who the guy? About? Who's the guy who died in season one? Who is that guy? I
0: don't, the Jason serpent? Blossom.
1: No, no, no. There was the serpent that died in the bathtub. Oh,
0: the serpent who died in the bathtub was Hogeye, I think.
1: Oh, right? oh that was no, totally off.
0: But I thought. Then I think. So I thought Hogeye was the guy who owned the bar. No, I don't know who the. I don't know who the who the guy in the bathtub was. I don't it's remember. is Hogeye? I mean, I could go back in my emails to look up the notes for that episode. Episode and, and look it on but um no i don't care to do that today Thank here i can you. do it really f- i i feel like we've seen him mustang. mustang mustang was the guy who died in the bathtub okay. of course mustang Right, this is so not worth me looking that up. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, so it's it's not Mustang. I, yeah, I'm not even sure if it's a serpent, but some guy. Anyway, right. he's super beat up. We assume that he gets kicked out of the serpents if he was a serpent. All right, well, there's a little bit about Veronica in this episode. Besides the subplot of Veronica not sure how to be a good girlfriend, which by the end of the episode, Archie's like, you're the best girlfriend ever. I'm not even sure when they define the relationship. I assume that happened at some point. Probably in the shower.
1: Maybe after the sex the first time.
0: I think it might it's be a thing where, possible. like, in high school, if you have sex, you're dating then. Well. I don't know. I, I don't know. Sure. At TV high school is confusing. So Veronica starts the episode much like how Betty starts the episode with a weird conversation with her mom. So does Veronica. Her mom is upset that she's drinking her dad's $270 champagne, not upset that her daughter who is 15 is drinking champagne. That doesn't seem to be the problem. I assume she's been allowed to have champagne at functions probably for at least a year. But that's a little different than like, oh, I woke up and just felt like that bottle of champagne needed to be popped, so I made myself a mimosa. I mean, d- does a mimosa count as drinking? Not really, honestly. <laughs> I had a really good Bellini last weekend. Ooh, I had a really good Frosé a little while ago. Mm, those are good, too. So good. And we got a close but no cigar here. Ooh, ooh, which ooh. I did not know because I had to Google it, but they paused when they said it, so I assumed it was something that I was supposed to research. So she, Veronica, is also eating some kind of croissant or something. I don't know. She's eating some kind of baked good. And she said she got it at Bean and Bellini Beluga. Did either of you know what this was a reference to? No, because I'm poor. No. Right. So Bean and Beluga is a play on Dean and DeLuca, which is an American chain of upscale grocery stores from New York City. But they included
1: Chris Stahl. What?
0: I mean, Dean and DeLuca sounds f- more familiar than Bean and Beluga, but I'm poor and I'm not from New York, so. Yeah. Sometimes, like, at at what po- at one point in the episode, Veronica mentions that she drops, I think, Bon, bon Motts or something, yeah. which is also... A phrase that I had never heard of before and I had to look up. Yeah, but it means like dropping witty remarks. Like, who knows these things? I'm still confused sometimes who this show is written for. It's clearly just people who are going to Google, like I am. It's for the Googlers. It's funny how you Google so many things per episode, but you're so bad at using Google. you mean i'm bad at using google i'm great at using google (laughs) like i just picture anytime mary googles anything she it puts in a full question i look like she's like i really miss ask jeeves (laughs) did you ever use ask jeeves or are you too young no i'm too young for that i used it okay thank you all right
1: no wait maybe i didn't use Jeeves, but i used like the cc one or something
0: anyways i loved ask jeeves (laughs) I'm 90 years old. Hermione also semi questions Veronica about her late night house guest, who, again, so they're living in the same apartment, and Hermione seemed to know that Veronica had a guy over, but like didn't bother to break it up or kick him out.
1: Well, she was passed out on wine or something. Right. Veronica mentioned that the night before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think
0: something like that. So Veronica then later on suspects that her mom might have tried to get Fred killed. She goes really quick from like, what? It could have been a murder? to like, oh my god, my mom probably committed the murder. Well, because
1: Jughead planted the thought in her head.
0: Yeah, Veronica's very quick to suspect her parents, but also her parents are super shady. Because if you remember, in the last couple episodes, Veronica was freaking out because she wanted to make sure that Hiram didn't have anything to do with Jason Blossom's murder, so clearly she still thinks her parents might be a little bit sketchy. Meanwhile, Hermione in response to Veronica's questions is like, girl, you are disrespectful and you need to get back on the side of the family because you're a lodge before anything else and your dad's coming home which is really not the same thing as saying like yeah I'm innocent and I didn't do it like it just makes her seem even more suspicious yeah it's just like don't question me yeah and it's really not that disrespectful given your relationship and also what are they doing with Hermione Hermione was all cool in the previous season and now she's all
1: and worried about going to jail for the bad stuff that she's done so we know that she's done some things that could implement her into Hiram's bad doings
0: yeah so then at the end of the episode if in case you weren't picking up on the fact that Veronica's parents might be evil. She walks in to her home and sees Hiram Who's, who's out of jail. Dun, and he's sitting at the table. And the first thing her mom says is like, yeah, and your daughter drank all your Cristal. Like, girl, wh- why are you like snitching on your own daughter here? For no reason. This was not necessary. And Hiram's like, yes, you've been a very bad girl. You would have never done that. And also he's like in shadow. You can't quite see his face throughout this whole conversation until Veronica gets up close. And then like, meanwhile, there's like this really intense music coming on. And like, right when she leans over to kiss her dad, it's like, so you want to start a war? yeah anyway so obviously we are led to believe that Hiram Lodge is not a good guy Whoa yeah it really seems sketchy and and Veronica's like by the way Mr. Andrews woke up so we should all be happy about that and they're like exchange a look yeah she's like we're all really happy about that right right dad right dad, right, dad? Yeah. <laughs> so it's all it's very intense and uh you know out with one evil dad, enter another. Yeah, there must always be one evil River dad. (laughs) Right. Speaking of evil River families, Cheryl has like two scenes in this episode, apart from the one where she kisses Fred on the head, which is weird. So Betty and Kevin see Cheryl come in and it's actually really, I think it's a really beautiful shot where she's like walking into the hospital and she sort of turns a corner and she's wearing like that white outfit and she kind of flings her hair over her shoulder. If you follow Madeline Pesh on YouTube, she uses that as like her opening for her YouTube video. It's a great shot. I mean, any shot of her is beautiful because she is and gorgeous. Yeah, she's wearing one of these outfits that like I don't love because I feel like I wouldn't look good in it, but I love it on her. It's like a skirt that's like longer in the back than it is in the front, but it's like real short in the front. And then a white shirt and it's tucked in and it's, it's like not a dress, but kind of looks like it because they're all the same color. Anyway, so Cheryl comes in and she's like, oh, yeah, didn't you hear? Thornhill burned down to the ground and my mom suffered third degree burns and smoke inhalation, but she like seems way too happy about it because we know that really she burned the house to the ground. But what I do love is that later on we see her talking to her mom who has like breathing tube on, her whole head's like covered in bandages and she basically said, first off, she calls her mom Baby Jane. She's like, here's the reels, Baby Jane. Is that, is that a thing? Yes, that is a reference from a movie which I believe is called Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, but I'm going to Google it right now. Okay, great. Yeah, it's a, the movie is called Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, which is what I saw and I was correct and it is iconic. Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. It's about Betty Davis is an aging child star left to care for her wheelchair-bound sister, Blanche, played by Joan Crawford, who is also a former child actress. Stuck living together in a mansion in old Hollywood, Blanche plots to get even with Jane for the car crash that left her crippled years earlier. But Jane is desperate to keep Blanche imprisoned as she plans a new rise to fame. So basically like the one who's not in a wheelchair is like trying to keep the one in the wheelchair confined and the one in the wheelchair is like, I want revenge for being crippled. Makes sense in this context. I actually really like this side of shit. Cheryl, because I think by the end of last season, we saw that clearly her home life is not great and her parents aren't very nice to her. And Cheryl says, you know, like, you abused me and so now things are going to be different. If you breathe, it's because I give you air. If you drink, it's because I will have poured your water. And if you move, it's will be quietly and with my blessing. And I know that's like real harsh, but I like it. I like it. She's also making her mom seem even nicer by like giving the fake story, which is that her mom went in to save her when really her mom went in to save a family. Family portrait or something. Do we think that it's at all possible that Cheryl Blossom has Munchausen's by proxy? Has what? M- Do you know what Munchausen's that is? By proxy? Munchausen's by proxy is a psychological disorder where you need the attention from being sick. But normally it's like pe- Munchausen's is like when you want people to think you're sick and give you the attention and sympathy. And Munchausen's by proxy hmm. is when you like transmit that onto somebody else.
1: And then you literally make them sick.
0: Yeah, there's like a lot of cases of like mothers like making their kids sick still. To get the sympathy for having a sick kid, that kind of thing. It's a neural it's like oh. a, a mental mental health disorder. Yes, like Raven. Yes, actually, yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't know about that because I don't know about the whole sick thing necessarily. I think it's much more likely she's legitimately just liking to get revenge here on her mom for being horrible,
1: but I also just don't see how she can back up the threat that she had. Like what does Penelope gain by just bending to Cheryl's every will?
0: Well, so that's the thing she mentions here is she says, you know, it's going to be different now because if you tell anyone the truth or you do anything I don't like, I'm going to tell the truth about what really happened with dad in the barn. And this is a line I actually forgot about throughout all of season two and three, but it's actually very important now that I, that I hear about it again and I'm reminded of it. Cheryl's implying that Penelope might've had a little something more to do with her father's hanging himself. So we can revisit that later. Hopefully it'll come up again, even though I forgot about it for two seasons. Yeah. And then And then after that, we have a one final scene, which is across the river in Greendale. Some guy named Ben is being given a piano lesson from Miss Grundy. Wow. Did I not need to see Miss Grundy again? I totally forgot about this. And she also, so Miss Grundy gives him a kiss as he leaves, so glad to see that she's still up to her own tricks. She's tri- still a pedophile. Yep. And then the guy in the black hood comes in and strangles her with a
1: bow. Which presumably could be the bow that Archie gave her when she was leaving Ooh. Riverdale.
0: Well, was it was like a cello bow or something? Yeah, it was yes. a cello bow. Oh, that's a great theory. Also, Greendale is where uh, Sabrina happens. Yes, yes. So while I did not need to see Grundy again, it does not appear like she is long for this world. It so. didn't, didn't look good for her. Yeah, it didn't look good. That is pretty much the end of the episode. Mostly just the fallout from the previous season, a little bit setting up what's going to happen in this season. We've already off the bat got two potential new villains in Hiram Lodge and the guy with the black hood on. A little bit of intrigue here with this potential serpent stuff that's going to happen with Jughead maybe. And, you know, hopefully we don't see Grundy again. That's, that's about it. Yeah. Yes. Looks like Molly Ringwald might be in it for a little longer. So that's kind of nice to see her. She didn't really say anything in this episode. She's kind of like a specter. Yeah, especially because she was in all of Fred's like dream yeah. state things. I don't know if that was saying something. Like maybe he secretly wants to get back together When with Molly. She like winked at him during the wedding one was yeah. kind of weird. It was kind of weird because he was like, what? Why are these dead people here? And then it was like, oh, a, a saucy wink from my ex-wife.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that was weird. <laughs> what was also kind of funny that we didn't really note is that Fred was one of Arch- Archie's groomsmen, which is atypical, Prob- I think. He was
0: probably the best man. Because no, because Jughead was first. Because the best man.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: Well, yeah, Jughead was there. I'm not really sure, yeah, what the deal with that was. I kind of thought he was just like, I don't know, do the fathers of the groom not normally stand no, up? No. That's, it's typically only
1: groomsmen. I know someone who did have their father as their best man, but they were like very, very close. So I don't think it's atypical, but it, well, sorry. I do think it's atypical, but it's not completely unheard
0: No, how that seems like a weirdly close father-son relationship. Well, Archie doesn't have that many friends. Yeah. Yeah, He's not a great
1: person, too, so.
0: I mean, we saw Reggie and Kevin both in the audience, so they're clearly not up there. And I think it's also hard because like Veronica only had one mate of or like, you know, one girl up there, so they can't have too many people. It was also
1: from Fred's point of view, so maybe he was putting himself in a higher position than Archie actually would, but I just thought it was. That hurts,
0: I don't like that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Fred Andrews is
0: the best man, and I will not hear anything else about it well all right well this episode was called a kiss before dying which by the way is a 1953 novel written by ira levin and it is one of my favorite books i took a class on detective fiction in college and this was one of the novels that i read it's really good i don't want to read anything about the plot because it completely spoils everything do not look up the plot just read the book it's a really really great mystery and it's it's amazing it's really great now i was told by my teacher when I took this class that this book actually had a different title originally and it was called The Planner and then they changed it to make it sell better or something so I don't know if it was ever actually officially called The Planner. I did some research and have not been able to find anything noting that so maybe she lied to me. But anyway, A Kiss Before Dying, a little bit of a cheesy title but it's really, really good book. Kind of don't know why they use that for the title of this unless they're referring to like the kiss that Cheryl gave Fred and then he didn't die. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I wish they'd just called it whatever happened to baby jane also valid that would also be a good one anyway everyone please go read that book and if you've read the book please reach out to me because it's so great all right so who do we think was the most normal person of this episode uh, that new season new fresh start i feel like that's a everyone's up for tough grabs. one reggie yeah <laughs> yes reggie right, I mean, well we we could give it Maybe, to new oh reggie. wait what about kevin i mean it's was kind of, I think Kevin was kevin was a little bit weird when he was like hey so betty i know that like your best friend's dad is in the hospital but like did you bang no i think that's the most normal thing that could have ever happened and it's weird that reggie was at the hospital since he's not that close with archie well it's hard because in archie comics reggie is like archie's best friend no he's not well he's like and no friends with him In archie comics reggie is like the douchebag enemy he's in the band they don't like reggie well he sings jingle jangle anyways la 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 uh, la la la. so who's the most normal person in jingle jangle uh. i don't know i think i think betty plays the guitar or something. anyways um, i think kevin is probably actually the most normal person but
1: like i would give it to mary andrews but we also just didn't hear her say much so i don't know that we can
0: Wow, you know what's weird? In the music video for Sugar Sugar, Sabrina is also in that. Wow. Sabrina is in the same universe. Yeah. Okay. So who do you want to give it to? Kevin. I think think Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Kevin. Why would we give it to Veronica? (laughs) I don't know. I I wasn't
1: paying attention. I wasn't looking (laughs) at videos.
0: So, you really think Kevin Keller deserves it more than New Archie? New Archie.
1: New Reggie. I mean, new yes. <laughs> new Reggie. Reggie didn't do anything.
0: I love New Reggie, but it's weird that he was at the hospital when he's not close with them. And he didn't really. He's do- a bulldog, and the bulldogs are there. And more importantly, we had to introduce the show to New Reggie in he, the first episode. He literally did nothing except be hot and be present, which, like, I'm on board because, again, he's my Riverdale boyfriend, but I don't really know that he did enough. You can have nah, him. I'm going back to Trev. You're going what? Okay. I said I'm going back to Trev. That's fine. You can have Trev. Tevin Keller's fine. That sounds fine. Okay. What was the cringiest part of the episode? Um, Alice when the shower... and Betty. Oh no, oh, both of those were cringy. When Veronica I think like, Alice pulls and Betty is the shower curtain cringy. and she's just wearing a pearl necklace and a pearl bracelet. I don't know. When when Hermione's like, I should slap you, but I'm not going to. Uh, that part was weird too. That was she weird, was three but three not really cringy. Tie. Everything was super. The cringy entire in episode episode can we give the entire episode the cringiest moment (laughs) i'm gonna write archie and veronica shower bang and betty and alice talk about sex and then in parentheses i'm gonna put snake stilt skin
1: I also (laughs) that's the hashtag
0: just like for the record like I did really like that Betty still felt
1: comfortable talking about sex with Alice
0: like I feel like that's really
1: cool but the way that it was brought up was weird well because Alice still wasn't comfortable with it it seemed I don't know
0: well it was weird though because Alice was like like, she wasn't exactly angry she was more stern but like didn't seem to actually care she wasn't like oh my gosh or like really mad about it and Betty was clearly only talking to her mom about it as a way to like be like yeah mom you can't stop us now yeah just but like as someone who is now um 26 years old and literally was living with a boyfriend and never talked about sex with her mom i really admire the the conversation yeah Yeah, it's okay i talked with my mom about sex recently just sort of like the whole i got the only time ever that sex was talked about in my house was my mom said if you're not ready to have a baby don't spread your legs and I was like mom and then we never ever talked about sex ever so uh, if you have to have your sex talk with your children uh, I don't recommend that method oh my gosh (laughs) beautiful (laughs) amazing amazing Vanessa was great oh my gosh that's okay I had the stomach flu once and thought I might be pregnant not because I had like had sex anytime recently but just because my name's Mary and those kind of thoughts get in your head This is a very, very common thing for Mary's. Look, it's a curse. Anyway, so, but I remember I called my mom because I was like, oh my gosh, mom, what do I do? And she's like, oh, it's fine. You're like 22. You'll be okay if you get pregnant. It's not the worst case scenario. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, glad to know that you wouldn't freak out. And then like a couple hours later, my roommate had walked out of her room and told me that she had stomach flu. And I was like, hey, mom, just kidding. I just got the stomach flu from my roommate. We're all good. And that is the worst thing. So That is the worst thing. So it was fine. Anyway. Okay. All right. Let's real quick go through a couple other things. We received a review recently ooh, ooh, that I would ooh. like to read. It is our shortest review we've ever, re- review we've ever received, but also one of my favorites. <laughs> this was written by the Anti- Anti-Archie Anti Squad is the name of the reviewer. Love Five that. Five stars. And the review just says, Archie, bad. Kowski cast, good. I love that. That so is a perfect you. review. Thank you, Anti-Archie crew. And uh, if anyone else wants Anti-Archie to- Anti-Archie squad. Squad, yeah. whatever. Crew squad. (laughs) anti Archie crew, that could be the next person to leave us a review. Just a thought. Sure. If you want to leave us a five-star review, that would be awesome. You could do it on iTunes. You could also subscribe. Subscribe on your friend's phones or your parents' phones. They don't listen to podcasts. They won't know. Or if you wanted to unsubscribe and resubscribe, that would be cool. If you have one of those fancy new iPhone 11s, go on those and subscribe. Only if you have the one with three cameras. If it doesn't have three cameras, it's not good enough for a review, okay? Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Even though we're poor, we expect our listeners to be very, very rich.
0: Right. You know what? If you're super rich and you want to help me not be so poor, my PayPal link is in my Twitter bio. Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) No, you do not need to get Look, we've already been on a podcast where you made money and I lost money. So let's just not do this anymore. I mean, I would like for that to continue. (sighs) So, all right, everyone. That's pretty much it for today's episode. We're going to talk about spoilers in a second. Just a few quick little things. But if you want to leave now, feel free to get out if you have not watched up through the end of season three. Potential spoilers abound. We will be back next time for a recap of season two, episode two. Until then, you can follow me online at Frail Mary on every platform and KowskiCast on Twitter. If That is cow with a K. You can also go to KowskiCast.com to look at our episodes there. You can also follow Kirsten at kirsten said what on every platform and hannah on instagram at hannah v.exe that is hannah with two n's and one h at the beginning no h at the end the n's again just two. Oh, okay. just two n's That's boring yep i know i know <laughs> i feel like we could throw a couple more n's in there anyway anyways spoiler <laughs> time Get it this out. leave leave leave,
1: leave.
0: So when Pop is like, there was something different about him, it was in his eyes, like he was death personified or whatever he says. That's very similar to what Dr. Curdle Jr. says at the beginning of season three about the Gargoyle King. Why is every new big bad the personification of death? I don't know. I I would love it. season four, whenever they come up with a new big bad, they'll just be like, yeah, I mean, look, you know, he's probably not as bad as the Black Hood, but like he's a bad guy. So we should still take him equally as seriously. I feel like it's like Riverdale's a small town town whenever there's murders happening like just take it seriously. Although to be fair to Pop and Doc- Dr. Curtle Jr. Mr. Clifford Blossom only killed two people. I mean his son and Mustang that we have established. Well and three. <laughs> he also killed himself. Sure. <laughs> although okay that was the other thing. I'm pretty sure that they find out actually that Penelope killed Clifford. Yeah like she he was yeah, poisoned. Yeah that sounds familiar. And I think that that was actually what Cheryl was alluding to in this episode that I had completely forgotten about because I remember when they revealed that in season three, I was like, oh shoot, completely forgot about that. Yeah, that's, you know what, that's a great point because I also had, like, I remembered it when we were reminded of it in season three and then I promptly forgot again. Yeah, but, but so two Pops credit, only like three people died in season one and then I think like six or seven people are gonna die this season and then like, I don't know, 50 die in season three. So they definitely escalate the just quantity of deaths if that means anything for y'all. So, okay, that was one thing I had. I also had on here that they play the song Jingle Jangle. Actually, they play that in Season 3, Episode 3, when Veronica, Cheryl, and Tony are sneaking around taking pictures of Hiram's Jingle Jangle Lab. I just rewatched Ooh. that episode with my sister, and I noticed during that episode that they were playing that song. So if anyone wonders, they do actually, takes takes all the way until a whole other season, but they do play that song in Riverdale, which I, I feel like they should play even more songs, but I guess they had to play it because they could not just rely on the uh, Pussycats to play play all of the music. I wish they would because the Pussycats are so much better. Yeah. Although I didn't, I don't know how much I loved their rendition of Sugar Sugar back in season one. It was okay. Yeah, that's fair. I also just really want to watch the Josie and the Pussycats movie. We will do that someday. We said we'd do it in the off season. Oh, did we? Well, we don't have an off season when we're still watching old seasons. Maybe next summer. Yeah, maybe next summer. Uh, Benjamin Button sighting at the end of this episode. We're not going to see him again until the first episode of season three, pretty sure. Wait, where was he in this episode? So Ben Button is the guy who gets killed, or not gets killed killed but the guy who uh, was being taught by Miss Grundy piano and then we see him yeah and then so he was the kid oh who left she goes goodbye Ben see you tomorrow it's same kid Wow we don't we don't know that his name is Ben button yet well I don't I think we only learned that from Google oh wait no it came from episode two never mind never mind never mind yeah yeah so then later on in season two actually way later he's he, he's over at the cooper household because chick may be hooking up with him or ben is like getting interviewed for a job because he works at the Bijou theater I don't know there's some there's some other time where he's in season two very briefly we'll see him later on and then in season three he's you know one of the first casualties of the gargoyle king but he's also that his parents mention you know he wasn't the same after his music teacher died so.
1: wow oh. okay well major good callbacks to know. the one thing that i had is do we think that the person who's in the black hood is Hal. Like I definitely just think that not. I really yeah. wish yeah.
0: they had refilmed the scenes at least for this episode to have Hal in it, even if it was different from the ones that they used in the finale. Just to like, yeah, I don't know, but I guess.
1: Well, but do we think that they even knew that it was gonna be Hal when they were no. filming episode one? I don't
0: think the show. I don't think the show knew. Yet. I would say they didn't know at the end of season one, but I would say that by the time they were filming season two, they definitely knew. Uh, I don't know. I, I think there's a point in season two where they know but I'm not sure about episode one yeah it's a little harder to tell I I do however think that I agree with you I feel like it's fine that they have a different actor in this episode but once they can once they have decided that it is going to be Hal I think they should start flashing back they should have refilmed it with the actor who plays Hal because it's a little annoying when you see I mean they even have a fake out where Archie looks at Hal up close and determines that it's not him Mm -hmm. so it's a little bit annoying I mean the The actor clearly looks different. Yeah. When they zoom into his eyes. I actually noticed, I'm pretty sure Sheriff Keller, pretty sure that actor has green eyes as well. And so it was a little bit, you know. Look, the the media, it's such a sticking point that the dude's going to have green eyes in this. But then in Harry Potter, he doesn't have green eyes. And that's annoying to many people. It's just something that would have been so easily fixed. And it's also, that doesn't bother me so much as the fact that they are all in on he has his mother's eyes and then the actress they have playing Lily doesn't have the same color eyes. That's what drives me crazy. I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah, like if they match, yeah, that'd be okay. They don't even match. It just makes me so mad. Yes. Uh, A lot of great memes about that. That was pretty much all I had for spoilers. I mean, we could go on and on, go deeper into the house stuff or the Hiram stuff, but it's not super important to this episode. It comes in a little bit more later. Besides the fact that the Grundy thing, I think, was a little bit out there. It was kind of like, oh, shoot, we need a death, but we don't want to kill off any of our characters yet. Who can we kill off? Oh, great. Grundy. We don't. She was already gone. A little bit of a cop out there, but That's okay. Anyway, that's pretty much all I had. Do any of you guys have anything else? No, that's all, folks. All right. Well, we will check back in next time for episode two. Talk to you later. Bye. Sorry, I had a giant pause. how they have the ability, but I mean, that was almost as bad as hop on spider monkey. Uh, First of all, how dare you hop on (laughs) spider monkey is an iconic line in an iconic (laughs) film.